Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadeh. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. And thank you all for joining us this exciting Wednesday morning. I'm Naima Latif, and we are going to be joined by a special guest, Asada. And of course, as you know, Asada is the creator of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. This is an event that you don't want to miss. And of course, if you are in and around the Chicagoland area, it's an event that you need to attend, especially if you are one who has an appreciation for literary works. So if you are one of those who love to read and who appreciate authors at 
we got the show for you. So we'll be right back. We're going to be joined by our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our guest today, Asada. So we'll be right back after this brief message. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be right back. So you stay with us and make sure you call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak and we'll come right to you and get your thoughts. And we're back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif, and in just a moment we're going to bring on our guest and our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and we want you to get ready to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we'll be right back after this brief message with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our guest today, Asada of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you Children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up 
in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. And we're back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif, and we're going to be joined by our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. We've got our special guest today, and we want to tell you a bit about the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. If you have never been, this is a treat that you must experience. It's going to be December 16th. And you also will get an opportunity to meet the authors and we'll be live on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And you will also get a chance to hear some great interviews conducted by our podcast students on Betty Shabazz. All right. Got some. All right. Got some audio issues here. Well, that's good. So for those who did not hear that introduction, you get to hear it all over again because we've got a guest that we want you to really appreciate. And we also want our American Muslim 360 family joining us live on the AM360 channel to get an opportunity to learn more about some of those authors that are affecting our lives, the people who are are making a difference, especially because they have taken the time to write. And they have also taken the time to experience what life has to offer so that we can we can share this with our youth and and we also want to give our youth a chance to be inspired there are many people who have a story to tell and they need to learn how to tell it in a way that is effective. And that is what the Soulful Book Fair, the Soulful Chicago Book Fair does for those who are able to experience it. So we're going to take one more break and bring in our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our guest today, Asada.
how you can make a difference too. Be inspired. Watch the media. And we are back, and we are now joined by our host, Kareem Hamid, on our American Muslim 360 channel. And Kareem, can you hear us now? Yes, I hear you now. Wonderful, now wonderful. <laughs> this was a day of great challenges, but as always, we overcome them because today's guest is somebody we all need to know. She is a powerhouse of a woman, and if you are listening online and want to join us visually, you can go to The Female Solution on Facebook or The Female Solution on YouTube, and you will see the beautiful face of the woman I'm about to bring on the screen, who is the founder of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair, Asada. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, I'm always delighted to see your beautiful face and to, <laughs> and to hear the dynamic work you're doing. And we're so blessed that you've done this work right here in Chicago where people have a chance to meet authors, not just from around the city or even around the nation, but around the world. We interviewed this past summer a gentleman from Japan, and he really gave us some great insight. So you've got authors literally from around the world coming to the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. So welcome today on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. Thank you, thank you. We love global. We got it doing global. <laughs> Absolutely. So for our listening and viewing audience who has not yet experienced the Soulful Chicago Book Fair, tell us a bit about it, how you got it started, and what it represents each season that you do this book fair. Sure. So the Soulful Chicago Book Fair is a magnanimous, fabulous experience for writers. Um, you know, I'm not this person who, let me, let me take these off. I don't need them right now. 
it's not about um it's about a lot of things because it does literacy it does the literary arts um it's something that I've been commissioned to do. I didn't grow up as a child like I gotta do a book fair. You know, Creator has put me in a lot of literary circles in my travels in life. And so um, I love Chicago. Chicago is the birthplace of so many prominent black writers, whether it be Gwendolyn Brooks, whether it be Lorraine Hansberry, Richard Wright. It only makes sense that there be a celebration of black writers in this city. And I'm from New York, so you hear my accent. But um, I come from the Harlem Book Fair experience. And so this notion, and that was like in the late 90s. So this notion of having a celebration for black writers was a thing because I come out of that. But when I came to Chicago, uh, and um, I went to Northwestern, but I graduated in 97, didn't do anything then. But when I came back in 2014, you're talking about the, just the question, like, where are the events for black writers that we own, that we do? And being an author myself, I just saw the need. That's kind of like the reality for the Soul for Chicago Book Fair. It's created by an author. And so I make sure that as an event, it does that. It caters to authors. It's an author-centric experience, right, to where I want authors to have no problems, have uh, no bumps, and I've gotten that feedback. And so I just feel the need to create not only this event. It's sort of like this. Being from New York, we're about height, Apollo Theater, Broadway, you know, but Chicago is not like that. A person will be a great writer, and they'll be a great writer, but the showmanship and the creating an event is not necessarily what Chicago is about. There are some veterans out there, like Donna Beasley, she used to do a book fair here in Chicago over at the South Shore Cultural Center, and I just wanted to create something that celebrated us, and had us tell our story as black people according to ourselves. You know, we always, you know, complain about, oh, this is how they portray us in media. Don't nobody care about how nobody portray us in media. Who cares? Everybody can do what they want to do. But we can take responsibility for ourselves and making sure that we present ourselves well. And so that's what the Soulful Chicago Book Fair does. I make sure it's organized by genre. So you have a fiction area, you have a children's area, and you have a um, nonfiction area, and it's in the community. If you're in Chicago, or even if you're not, there are parts of Chicago that are kind of seen as being literal, you know, they're into literary things, you know, the, the Hyde Park areas near the college and all that. But I'm like, we read past Hyde Park. That's what we read on the south side. And, man, doing this Soulful Chicago Book Fair, I cannot tell you how many writers are just right here in Chicago. And like Naima said earlier, our book fair is becoming so well-known that I heard that even in New York, they're like, you got to go to Chicago's book fair. And so, you know, we're getting this reputation for having great events that, um, you do tremendous networking. I've had people 
come and bring like, I don't know, 60, like 70 books and sell 60 something books on their first run. And so it's just an experience unlike any other because I make sure that it's exciting. And our next one is going to be December 16th, which is the Soulful Chicago Holiday Book Fair. And I chose to do that. We've done that for as many years as we've been around, and that's been five years. Um, but the Holiday Book Fair is just that. It's like we do so much. I don't care if it's Christmas, Kwanzaa. You might even do Hanukkah. We got our Hebrews out there. You know, but this is a celebration for us to take this time of year and be able to get gifts that aren't, you know, toys or slippers, or but that lasts a lifetime and reflect so many ideas and so many experiences. The Holiday Book Fair is just the bomb. And this year is going to take place at the Betty Shabazz Academy on 78th and Ellis. So we just love and keeping it in the hood. We love being responsible for where do you find a black book? Because if you go to some of the mainstream stores, it might be a while. And this is Black History Month. They might have a black history display. But we're talking about some straight up always access to our people and our stories. And I just love it because there's void. And my thing is when there's a void, fill it. So that's what the book fair does. There you go. When there's a void, fill it. That's what we're here to do. Well, I know we got a large uh, listening audience from St. Louis. I can hear some people planning that trip. It's only about four and a half hours. So if you want to come on down December 6th and attend the Soulful Chicago Holiday Book Fair, you can do it. <laughs> do it. That's right. So one of the things that always excites me about the book fair is that you, you feature a lot of good local talent, and I think that helps people get exposure, especially those artists that have consciousness. And it's a whole consciousness kind of atmosphere because we know that, you know, our culture really can influence the world. So tell us about some of the, the other features going on at the Soulful Chicago Holiday Book Fair at the Betty Shabazz Academy. Still had to put the glass back on so acting like I could see. Girl, you can't read. I know. We both try, trying to act like we, we ain't old, y'all. We had to put the glasses on so we can read stuff. So. <laughs> so, um, the book fair is going to be no joke. We not only have authors flying in because the Kwanamaru from Japan is flying back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, loves the Chicago energy. He's actually going to be featured three days in three different places. He's going to be on Friday night at the Sensei Boba Tea Bar with a youth group called CEO Superheroes. Those young people have read the book. It's uh, 21st Century Japan Decoded, and there'll be a dialogue between him and some young folks. So that's on Friday night about 6 o'clock, and that's going to be at the Sensei Boba Tea Bar on um, Exchange and 72nd. And then, of course, he's going to rock with us on Saturday, he actually is going to be doing a presentation at 2 o'clock at the Social Chicago Book Fair, right at the h on 678th Street in Ellis. And then he's going to be rocking at the Whitney Young Library on 79th Street in King Drive. So you're talking about, you know, we are the reason why the brother's coming to America, but he now will be touching other places 
that really stem from his experience here in the summer when he came to Humble Care. So we're going to have him at 2 o'clock. And then, for those of you who know Diana Washington, her niece is going to be at the book fair and singing. Yes, we got some vocal literary loveliness, and she's going to be coming and singing. And has a children's book about Diana Washington, so she's going to be there rocking and rolling, doing that. And ooh, 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 we know I love to dance. So at three o'clock, we're going to have Dwayne Powell spinning. We know I love to dance. So I'm going to squeeze him in there, of course, so that he can provide that energy and that music that just gets us moving. And 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 it's really about our people. He plays music for our people that just get us rolling. And so, um, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm there also at Day Shabazz is a troop of young people like the Jesse White Tumblers that do those flips, and they may be performing for us as well. And so it's just going to be more than people buying books, because that's the main thing. People are buying books. And for those of you that aren't readers, see, it's bigger than, oh, I don't feel like buying a book, or I'm not interested in buying a book, or whatever, or the, the myth that black people don't read, you know, you talk about if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Let me say something new. If it's not black readers out there, it sure are hundreds of black writers. So that's weird to me. How does that work where people keep writing, but then they're not reading? No, we are out there reading. We're the ones who created reading. Let's be clear on that, right? And handwriting, let's be clear on that. But the main thing um, and something that we stand for is that here in America, at some point, you had anti-literacy laws created so that black people wouldn't read. And I'm talking about brutal treatment if you got caught reading, whether it was fingers cut off, eyes taken out. I don't know all of their heinous crimes. But the reality is those anti-literacy laws, we are going to debunk that. That's what we do for you. You come to the book fair because you stand for something that we need to reinstill. We need to reinstill our life reading, our life telling stories. I used to have a show here on Naima's uh, set called Gathering of the Griots. Now we tell the stories. And so the book fair is really about that. It's about what stories are we out there telling. We are out there telling fiction stories. We're out there... There's so many good journals in this exhibit, people that made journals for us to use for different reasons and to track our health and to track our professional development and to track our spiritual development. And there are young authors. One brother made a coloring book with all the illustrations done by him, Alex Applewhite. So, I mean, you just got young people, you got energy, you got entertainment, Ooh, and the food. (laughs) The food is being done by Veggie Brunch, which is right here out of Chicago and is a vegan cuisine company, and the food is fabulous. You know I'm a vegan, so you know that's on the roll. But I'm going to make it so that you are going to love what you eat and people love her food. That's Angela Joseph, who's the the CEO of Veggie Brunch. So, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be more than just walking around books, you'll be buying books, you'll be dancing, you'll be, I mean, I just make it a big party. That's what I do. I party in life. So I just make it a big, big party. That's what we're going to do. 
<laughs> yes. Well, I am excited because I, I know I, I, I talked to the, the young man who organized, you know, who coaches the tumbling team. He used to be with the Jesse Wright Tumbler, so I know they know how to put on a show. And I'm looking forward to seeing them perform, seeing how he has worked with the students and, and, and gotten them to the level of magnificence that we're always used to seeing when we see these tumbling acts. So it's, it's really exciting. And as you can hear, there are a lot of things going on. It's not just books and the good food because, you know, I'm, I'm vegan too, so I know, hey, that's the best. It's good, healthy food. And also it's a chance to showcase some of our our food producers, you know, those who have restaurants, those who have businesses that are helping to restore our community to health. So I'm really grateful for that. It's an all-around like you said, a party, a party over here. So if you're not in Chicago, you need to come here and be here December 16th. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's more, you know, this is a, um, if you want our people to do better, mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear, ah, you got to read, go vote. People fought for our, like that obligatory. Like it's, you feel obligated to do it. Like it's a job. Nobody wants to do that. And so if we're going to celebrate our writers and celebrate reading, let's celebrate now. That's my whole thing. You know, yeah. on my pulpit talking to you about what you should be doing or my soapbox, rather, you know. But mm-hmm. an, an event that you could really come to and feel, you know, and I love all I got to talk to the young people. Naima, let me, I got to, first of all, let me give major props to Naima. We're not going to sit here. Acting like Naima didn't help me get the location for the event this year. Because, I mean, I felt like uh, Mary and Joseph. They was like, there's no room in the Nowhere to go. Because we thought it was going to be one place and thought it was going to be another place. But when Naima suggested the um, Betty Shabazz school, they just really welcomed me with open arms. And, I mean, when I came here the other day and saw all my people, it was like Naima was there. Yeah, that was perfect. So, yeah, it was just, it, it really reflects what the book says about you got to think with symbols everywhere, yeah. you know, rocking the Ghanaian energy. I was able to come in with the kids and say, I go. And they was like, I'm a. They just knew the Yeah, practice. like, okay, I'm home. <laughs> yeah, so it was cool. It was, mm. It's going to be just um, what it is because of the, the chemistry that created yeah. that people are going to come and the energy of those young people that day. Man, I just love young black people. They make <laughs> me so happy. And so to be there and to you know express to them that we're going to be in their house on December 16th was Bar none, very, very, very exciting. And yeah, it's just, it's what it is. You know, we, nobody is in control of our future. We are in control. We are in control. We are in control. And so that's what this is about being in control of the narrative. Yeah. Literally, through writing, we control the narrative and we tell the story. So, yeah, no doubt. That's, That's all the stuff that's going on and maybe more. (laughs) <laughs> All righty. We're going to take a quick break and come right back, take some of your calls and, and share some of your comments. And, of course, if you want a visual image of the beautiful Asada, you can join us live on Facebook. Go to The Female Solution or on YouTube, The Female Solution. 
and you will see her bright and shining face. And if you would like to make a comment or maybe ask a question about some of the authors that are going to be there, or if you're an author, find out how you can register for the next event so that you can have your book highlighted. And we'll be right back to talk about some of the authors you can expect and what you can expect from some of our young podcast students that are going to be doing some interviews. So we'll be right back after this quick break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment. So stay with us. You will be amazed at what you endure. Be assertive when it comes to your life because no one else will do it just right. Unlock the door. You have the keys in yourself. You must believe. Join us again for Narrative Aspirations. When we aspire, we go higher. Each and every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m., do you worry about finances, family, health, job, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, Go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif with our special guest, Asada, founder of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair that's going to be here in Chicago, Saturday, December 16th. And you need to be there uh, 10 to 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., correct? Mm-hmm. You got it. Central time. And you just heard some of the many features that will be there. So it's more than just books. We're talking about entertainment, great food, great fellowship among so many people of the community that appreciates 
the wonderful creativity that comes out of Chicago and many other places because people have come from around the world to participate. And we're going to meet some fascinating authors. And I'm excited because we're going to get a chance to get our students involved in the process of interviewing. Uh, I played our Monday Morning Mindfulness host, Zelda Speaks, commercial. She was, of course, the spearheader of the podcasting class that we did, the 12-week training class. For 12 weeks, we were at the Betty Shabazz Charter School, and we met some fabulous young people who are intelligent, articulate, and really into becoming some podcasters, some broadcasters, because we're radio and TV. We're both visual and audio. And so they learn the skills of how to manage and organize a show, how to carry a conversation. It's not it's not as easy as you think. And we went live every Wednesday, uh, 2 p.m. to 2.15 p.m. with various guests. We had a chance to interview some people uh, from other countries. They had a chance to interview me while I was in South Korea and some of the people from uh, some Africans and, and people who were involved in some global efforts toward higher education. And they really had a chance to get a global perspective. So on Saturday at the book fair, we're going to have them interviewing some of the authors there. So number one, they can get an appreciation of how you take your story and put it in book form so that you can reach all over the world, and they'll also get a chance to be inspired because Asada, your daughter, published her first book at the age of seven, mm-hmm. and they're going to, and I know she works with you all the time, so she's going to be there at the book fair, correct? You know, it's so funny. She's going to be there, but she got asked somewhere oh. um, that morning, mm. so, you know, oh, the life of <laughs> you know, oh, you know, so mm-hmm. I told her, oh, no, you will not. It's like going to speak to college students. Yeah. I told her, nope, I want you to do that. Yeah. That's part of your life. And, yeah. you know, being booked, and then you can come later and help service your mother, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so later in the day, she will be there. She's the one that actually runs our booth at the book mm-hmm. there and um, sells her book. But she also sells her mom's books. Yay, thank you, patience. And so, uh, yeah, but she'll be there later in the day. Mom got to hold it down for the earlier yeah. part of the day. Well, I know when she's there, she's always working, so I didn't want to book her to, to do an interview because I know she got to be working, but I do want them to meet her and, and know about her so they can be inspired to know that you're never too young to start writing and be an author. Because, yeah, you know, she might be there for that time. If they do stuff at, like, 2 o'clock, yeah. I think she will be present. She'll be the one of the young authors, but one of the other young authors that they probably want to touch base with, <clears throat> excuse me, is Alex Applewhite. Mm. And the name of his book is Kid Dynamo. Oh, that boy good. does not play. I mean, his ability to draw his characters created this coloring book, but I'm telling you, when you meet him, he is so, like, in your face, like, hi, you want to buy this book? Like, he has no fear of promoting his book, and he has even created an anime 
bright future for him in terms of just merchandise. And he has a type of product that on Saturday morning kids are watching. Wow. They're watching that program. And it looks like anime, Japanese anime. And so he has a relationship with Saquon Amaru. And when you look at his characters, like in digital form, all the descriptions are in Japanese. Wow. And I was like, yo, I, I sent it to Saquon. And like, yo, can you read this? Translate, please. <laughs> and he was like, it's on point. He was like, yo, who wrote this? Who are these characters? So just very impressed by uh, Alex Applewhite as well and his ability to rock and roll as a young author. He is yeah. versioning. So, yeah, they'll have some good stuff, some great. Great, some great people to connect to and interview for sure. That's great. Well, you know, this is going to be during our, our uh third Saturday regular show uh, move around with Deborah. So I know she wants us to target a couple of uh, authors that deal with travel and, you know, things like that. Uh, Perhaps, you know, the the whole going abroad experience and uh, people who have had some experiences that bring other cultural influences so they can give the young people a perspective of the world that they don't always get. So, you know, she's definitely looking forward to hearing from and talking to and, and, and helping the, the students there see how you go about drawing out those questions and, and those answers from authors and giving them a chance to expound because we've got two whole hours instead of their regular 15 minutes. So we're going to have several different groups of students doing the interviewing, but we'll also get a chance to show a broad array of the authors that are there. And and I'm excited to talk to many of them who maybe traveled a distance to get here because they wanted to be a part of this book fair you know how important was it for you to meet this chicago audience and be a part of an event that is is so widely celebrated and we're excited about that as well yeah you know i'm gonna tell you for me personally this this is a lot of work right Mm -hmm. i know i've I've watched you work and i I, you're talking about adam and this this woman I'm like, I don't believe she did that. I mean, she's moving stuff. She's about four feet tall, y'all. And she's moving stuff all over the place and, you know, hauling things. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where that energy comes from, but you make it happen every year. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work, and it's not daunting work, right? Mm -hmm. But people need to understand the magnitude, not of what it takes, but of where we're going. Yes. What my because I'm already on tomorrow. I'm already on the future of what this is. And what I've created thus far is like authors really have a good time at our event. Even if they don't sell a whole lot of books, the connections I mean, Quan got the connection with the library on seventy ninth Street because an author that was at the a summer event that wow. my father is the branch manager at this library and you need wow. to know. Wow. And so not only did they meet, they conjured up the event that they're gonna have. Like it's an it's a 
environment where an author wants to be there. Like, that's what you want. You want to be in that environment. You want to be there to sell your books for sure, and I always work with authors to present well. Like, I'm an author, so this is not about I'm so dope. This is about you. We all dope. You and this, you part of the family if you part of the Social Chicago Book Fair on any level like that. And so we're talking about magnitude. I'm, I was I had a conversation the other day with my daughter. We went to eat together for dinner, and I asked her, if you could be a mogul, what would you be a mogul in, right? And have her think about that because I told her, I'm on mogul mode right now. Like, how and what will I do to make this book experience so magnanimous that the whole, like it reverberates throughout the world. Like you've got to touch that experience. You've got to go to a Soulful Chicago book fair. It creates that, 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 that. And I need it just rolling. Our our not-for-profit organization is the Soulful Book Fair Foundation. And if you go to soulfulbookfairfoundation.org, yo, you're going to see how we really roll. Like, what we're doing is not just setting up events for people to sell books, but, like, we have these four pillars. And one of them that's so important to me is to enhance the literary marketplace for black writers. We're not going to act like we don't have to pay rent, pay tuition, do all these different things, but this is something, like, Barnes and & Nobles and all of them started at a level, and now they're at that level. But we talked about the Soulful Chicago Book Fair being the resource for black writers for real in the schools, in the colleges. Like people know if they want to find black literature, they're going to go to Soulful Chicago Book Fair. You can go to our our website right now, soulfulchicagobookfair.com, and you could go to where it says events and books, and you could literally buy their books right now just by going to that. And... That's what we're going to do, enhance the literary marketplace so that we can live well. I think that black writers, we, I think we've got a self-esteem issue. Like, we don't think that our books will sell because of these different myths around black people don't read this and that. But uh-uh-uh-uh, no, we're the rarest form of a human being, baby, because you got that spiritual energy in us that comes from being melanated and that then gets translated into book form. That's what you in there getting, you see. And so just the magnanimousness, that's my word, <laughs> magnanimousness <laughs> of us in the book industry, that's that is what we're coming to be a part of. Not um, support the writers. Now, I ain't talking about no charity. We're talking mm. about how we're going to uplift our people. I'm going to uplift our people if we support our storytelling yeah. and our own version of ourselves. And that's what this is about, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I know our co-host, Kareem Hamid, has some words. And, and, and of course, we've got some callers you want to speak. Yes, go right ahead. Yes, this is wonderful, Asana, that you Start out, have the annual Chicago Soulful Book Fair every year. Thank you. It's a wonderful opportunity for uh, exposure of the artists and authors from around the world. Uh, praise be to Almighty God, Chicago is a metropolitan center. It is a metropolitan city. It attracts people from all over the world. 
And and uh, this event leaves exposure to the international market, not just Chicago, but the international market. And literacy, to share with the world our literacy and our thought-provoking subject matter. Uh, we intend to educate and uh, share our shared thought, our shared perspective, be it fiction or nonfiction, praise be to Almighty God, uh, uh, we are grateful for the exposure of the artists and authors that are among us. Uh, we we want to preserve our story and our history and our authorship and our thought processes. You know, that statement, reading is fundamental. Reading is fundamental. It definitely is. But I'm I'm one that breaks words down. <laughs> I separate words because usually words are a conglomeration of 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 a of multiple words. When we say fundamental, it's fun, ebonically, duh, <laughs> mental. It is fun to educate our thought processes. Expand our, our horizons, and that is done through shared thought. And uh, this is a wonderful occasion that you hold every year at the uh, Soulful Chicago Book Fair. We uh, applaud this effort every year, and we pray for its success. Uh, so I'll stop right there, but we thank Almighty God for you, and may he continue to bless your work and those that are with you in sharing and exposing the authorship and the artists that are among us, uh, that we are not just a, uh, how can I say, a bland, a bland monolithic uh, ethnic group. No, we are multiplicit in our thoughts, our thinking, our perspectives, our views, our dreams, and we are grateful to you for sharing that with us every year, the Chicago Soulful Book Fair. We hope that everyone attends and take part in this wonderful international event. It may be held in Chicago, but this is an international yes, event. Yes, it is. puts us in touch with authors around the world. Thank you, my sister. May God continue to bless you. And Naima, what a wonderful guest you have invited this Wednesday morning. Yes. Thank you. Yes. You know, we always look at ways that we can expand our thinking and change our thinking. And I like what you said. It's not about us taking control of the narrative and changing the narrative. We know that some horrible things happened that dis- that discouraged us from reading. And it took a few generations for us to undo the fear of literacy. But now that we have, rather than us keep going back and repeating things, people say, we're going to hire some of the black people, put it in a book. That's not the truth anymore. And I love something that you said one time I heard you speak when you were talking about this is a generation that writes more than anybody. What are we doing on our phones all the time? Texting, reading. So we actually are writers, 
we actually are communicating through the written word. We actually are reading, and we're doing it more than anybody else because <laughs> if you've been around a young person, you know, they're always in their phone texting. But that means you're writing. You're putting your thoughts into words so they can be read and sent other places. So we don't have that mentality anymore where we can't read or we don't know how to read. And even some of the rappers, if you listen to how they put words together, you got to have a major vocabulary to come up with some of the things that they that they come up with and make it rhyme and be on beat. I mean, that is some serious mental capacity. So I think we need to change what we're saying about ourselves to ourselves so that we can know that we've got some amazing talent, skills, and abilities, and, yes, we are very literary people. Oh, come on, y'all. Yeah, come on now. You already know. What? Hip-hop and rap, You have, that's, <clears throat> that's all it's about is words mm-hmm. and how you are constructing words in a rhythmic form. Like, are you serious right now? We have a, a, a workshop that's affiliated because that's one of the other pillars of our not-for-profit, the Social Bouquet Foundation, is to help foster growth with young writers, right? And so we have a workshop called Phone Book where they take the – they got content in their phones because they text all the time. But we have them change that content into poems, raps, whatever they want. It's got to be clean. But the content's already in your social media and in your text to other people. So now take that and create it into something that is, you know, marketable, something that uh, you can share with others. So we have them do that. And we also have them look at, like, we always talk about, oh, they talk in emojis and all that. Stop acting like we didn't have hieroglyphics. Like, what? We've always written in hieroglyphics. We have a history of writing in hieroglyphics. They're symbols. Words are symbols. Words are symbols that, and this is the Scientology coming out. Words are symbols, but they represent ideas and thoughts, and you put them together to create that concept that you want to get across. And so big time, you know, when I say, you know, I do future, we got offered. um, When when COVID came and I couldn't do the book fair outside, I had a good rest for 2020. Ooh, that was needed. And then 2021, I was getting ready to still do some resting, and God was like, what you, what you doing? What you think you're doing? Get up and create an opportunity. So we still couldn't go out to do events yet, right, because of social distancing. But I created the book fit in the metaverse so that no matter what you could experience, the book fair, and that is how Taquan Amaru from Japan got involved because he was in Japan and thought it was going to be a metaverse book fair, and he was like, i got to be a part of that. So he did uh, a presentation in there, others did poetry, did book discussions, all of that, and we got asked very recently, and I'm going to put this loud and wide in the details at the book fair, but we've got asked by the company that does the metaverse to be a permanent fixture in the metaverse so that we can be promoting what we do as a people through the metaverse and hitting the globe for real. So we're going to put that on blast at the book fair, 
and show the details of that. And um, when I say put us in the metaverse, people are like, what is that? It's like having a society in the computer, but you don't have to worry about racism. You ain't got to worry about violence. You don't have to worry about drug selling. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's an environment that we create, and you're a little avatar moving around. <clears throat> and I'm going to make sure that we have access to our books, that people could just touch a button and buy the books through the metaverse. So do, 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 do. My people not, our people not fully ready, but the goal is to get us ready for metaverse commerce. Metaverse, oh, that metaverse commerce. Metaverse, yeah. yeah, it's no joke. It's like you don't have to worry about finding parking. It's going yeah. to take me an hour to get there. No, I used to tell our authors that we were there for like six months, um, in like from February to July or August in 2022, and it was like if I said meet me in the metaverse, people were there in like one or two minutes. And we would have a meeting. That's the type of that's the type of meeting we need. Where it eliminates time and effort, and then and we can get together and talk, plan, and do all of that in the metaverse environment. So that's that's where we're going. Like we're about to be a major black literary force in the metaverse. Mm, there you go. Yes. Well, you know, we just launched yesterday a show entitled Shop with Zoe and our new Tuesday host from China. And she's going to be introducing products and showing people how to do international business online. And this is where, this is where the world is headed. We're all connected, one world community. We can reach out just like we're doing right now. And, you know, we get calls, comments from countries all over the world because the Internet is global. And we're in real time. So even though it is uh, not, what, 8 a.m. here in Chicago, and our Sunday, uh, our, our first Saturday host out of London, it's six hours ahead where she is. But when we communicate, it's all time is right now. So yeah. when you when – you, exists in reality, in a different kind of reality where it is not based on physical space. That's a whole different way of thinking. I can contact you. We can have a meet, meeting. You're halfway around the world. We can have a, a business deal. You're halfway around the world. But we can communicate in real time right now. We can buy and sell on a screen and you don't have to physically be there. So our children are growing up in that kind of a world. So that's why we don't want to limit their thinking and have them believing that they are bound by somebody else's limited perceptions of who they are. This is not the world that they're growing up with. It's a different world than where we come from. I mean, okay, YouTube, don't, don't take me off because I, you know, thank somebody else's copyrighted work. But <laughs> but you know, this is this is the time for us to undo a lot of the limited belief systems that we that we grew up with because the world has changed and so we have to adjust our thinking so that we don't see those limitations because there are none. There are none. Stop playing, y'all. Y'all just yeah. fearful. 
Everybody that's watching this, listening to this, you have a book up your sleeve. I already know it. Mm-hmm. And you were sent to the planet to tell a story or to instruct based on your experience, whether you was abused, whether you uh, got married for terms, whether you had the best love ever, whatever it is, whether you cook well, you need to show us how to eat healthy, you have a book up your sleeve. And that's what a book is about. It is about, it's not about you, first of all. So the fear that you have for getting it out, mm. it's not about you. It's about what you have to share with people. Ooh, that's so that they may know better how to do a thing yeah. or to watch and be inspired by you. And so whatever fear you have, you need to get rid of it because you're not listening. Don't tell me you believe in God if you're scared to do your idea. Don't tell me that. Ooh, slap in the face to me, to God, if mm. you're not doing what you was put on the planet to do. Ooh, I like and that thought. I, and, and I believe you could do it through a book. That's my lane. If you want to do it through a book, all y'all, y'all ain't got to call me and be like, I want to do a book. Be ready because I'm not playing with you. Mm. For real. I'm going to help you take it from the start. To actual book, and you could talk to authors that I've helped do that. Mm. That's what I do. We yeah. help you overcome that fear and put it out to the world. Mm. You know, I would love to have. Uh, first of all, it's the top of the hour. Can you stay with us uh, for the next? Okay. Of course. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we when we come back, we got to take another break. When we come back, I'd like you to give us a, a, a snippet of what you do in terms of or how you take somebody who has an idea and maybe they're scared or they got that thing, well, you know, I'm not really a writer, but they've got a fantastic life story that needs to be told. How do you help them in that process, getting from the idea in their head and the experiences that they have and the memories to a book that actually tells that story? If you can give us a little bit of insight on that. And we'll be right back after this brief, brief break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Here, three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how to teach your children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. Follow us on Facebook and Roger 
And we are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif with our special guest today, Asada. And the Soulful Chicago Holiday Book Fair is here. We're going to be at the Betty Shabazz International Charter School at 7823 South Ellis in Chicago, Saturday, December 16th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and you need to be there. And you need to come ready to enjoy a party because it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and you're going to learn something before it's done. <laughs> well, go ahead, girl. Right, right. Hey, now. <laughs> she got bars. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I um, I'm I'm grateful that, I come from a, a very literary family. Um, Unmuted. My mother wrote all the time. Matter of fact, her and my father had an interesting partnership. You know, when he would have issues on the job, he worked at the post office, so you know they about to drive him crazy. But she would be the one that would write those complaint letters, and 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 I, and I remember that even as a small child, you're typing the letters out and stuff, and sending them to the management and all that. So she was a writer, and. Uh, you know, valedictorian of her high school and of her, of her grammar school. She was really into writing. And then my father, he got us started writing. He, I guess they had these little uh, books that were probably like ledgers or whatever, you know, em- books that were empty that said pages with lines on them. So he, I guess there was something they were going to throw out. So he took them home, maybe like six or seven of them, and gave them to us. Well, when you have a book, with blank pages and lines, that means you're right. So my sisters got started early on, like, you know, four, five, six, seven years old, writing stories. And that's how we got started. And then, of course, you know, I was the youngest, so I'm going to follow suit and start writing my stories. So literary talent, just, you know, it was an early part of my growing up. And we always had a whole bunch of books. And my three sisters and I, we recently um, embarked on writing a book together about our life growing up called Growing Up Charles, which is our last name. And and so the process of telling your story is really interesting because you start thinking about, like you were saying, how do you, how do you share your experience in such a way that you know someone can benefit from what you learn. So, you know, getting past the, well, am I good enough to write or who will listen to me, to thinking, you know, I came here to this planet to do something and to leave a mark. So how can people be enhanced by what I'm telling them about what I've lived or what I've seen or or even what I've imagined? So I know a lot of people, they don't see themselves as writers, even though they, they really have a story. And I got several friends that I'm constantly telling them, you need to, you need to write a book because you got, I mean, your life is something else. How do you get people from that point? And a lot of people say, I want to write a book, but they never get it done, you know, and they go to the grave and all that they've had is gone with them. How do you get people from that point of idea to where they can organize it and it ends up in book form? Yeah, first of all, y'all have to write from your heart. Do not think about 
who it's going to impact and all of that that comes but it's not it's not the main thing to focus on and i think some they call it a some type of paralysis analysis writer's pro writer's yeah, block yeah. or something like that writer's block or analysis paralysis analysis paralysis you're, you're analyzing the process too much mm. and so when i wrote my first book beating black kids i wrote it first of all it took me five months to get it out period but the reason i didn't get writer's block is because i had something to say and all i had to do was make sure i said it my first book is not long it's like 97 pages a small book but it sold all around the world but when i wrote it i i i just thought of what do i have to say all right Oh, spare the rise for the child. Got it right. Say what I got to say about that. <laughs> oh, you got chosen. Talk about children choosing their parents, right? Okay, that's on the spiritual book. So I just had to write in these little categories, which later became my chapters. They were just topics that I knew I wanted to speak on. And so once I wrote them out and I bought these little I bought these notebooks that were about the size of the book that were in my book today. And um, just because they were easier to deal with, and I would write on the train, taking my daughter to school in the morning as soon as I was in New York, and coming back home in the evening. And so it's not like I sat in my bed and I just wrote. Um, I got an hour and change on the train. I just wrote during that time. But I wrote the book, got it out. In like the third month, I got that, got it edited. Once I got it edited and I got it to the company, the company that I uh, use for my authors is called Quality Press. It's a black-owned company. What's up, Yvonne? And um, she helps my authors get their ideas onto the paper, the editing process they do, the printing process, the whatever you need. It's a one-stop shop for getting it done. And they've been doing it for over two decades. And so my thing is just get it out of your mind. And I don't care. They're like, I'm not a good writer. Okay, fine. Get a tape recorder and say what you got to say. You know, this is for the section on domestic violence or whatever you want to say. And then it can be transcribed, right? There's enough uh, companies out there now and probably maybe even the quality first that will transcribe your idea. And so the first, first, first thing is you got to get out of the fear mode. No more. No more fear. And so ideas on paper per topic. And once you get them out per topic, when you start typing it out, that's when you kind of like start organizing it. This is the process I took before I got it to the main company, just, oh, okay, you catch all the mistakes today and you get to put it in order. But after that, you get it on down, and you could then send that manuscript over to the company and you get it done. And so <clears throat> I think the fear is the biggest part that you have to overcome. And that's because sometimes you're writing about things that uh, make you feel vulnerable. I have quite a few sisters who have written books on domestic violence, their experiences going through domestic violence. I got my own experience. I ain't even write about that yet, you know. But uh, I don't have enough to 
topics that women need to know how to handle that emotionally, mentally, and your way, <clears throat> excuse me, your way may be the way that they learn that. That's how, you know, you get over, you know, I, I wouldn't sit there and write and go, now let me see, I need to tell the world about, you know, you can do that if you want to, but I don't feel like it flows. You know, you have your own experiences, and I feel that there's a flow that you have when you're just talking about the experience with someone, you know, and um, that will give you a good product to me because it'll have the emotion in it that you want to bestow on the world. I have a love story that I haven't put in a book yet. <laughs> oh, wow. I want to hear that. <laughs> Yes. 
I uh, recently worked on a, a book um, for an associate, a friend, you know, really like a daughter now to me. Uh, she has one of those stories about abuse. And sometimes it's hard telling that story. But then the more people have courage about telling those very painful events in their lives, the more it empowers others who have been shamed into silence. And that's how we begin to change the society. We have to admit what's wrong. And you and I both know that in our culture, there's there's a lot of things like incest, sexual abuse, and it is very deeply emotionally scarring. And when we don't talk about it, it stays there. So we need to be the generation that eradicates it by exposing it so we can heal the hurt and the damage. We've been traumatized by an experience that we had in coming here. And the the cruel treatment that ends up being part of even our child-raising experience has damaged us, which, of course, is why your book, Beating Black Kids, was a, a, a worldwide success because the fact that the beating experience was so ritualized in our families, you know, and sometimes comedians laugh at it. Yeah, they made me go out and get a switch off the tree to beat my own behind. You know, they laugh about it, but that was some deep stuff. And we need to unlearn that means of parenting. And we can only do it when we can admit that it was wrong. Even though it's been in our families for generations, we've traumatized our children and we need to admit it. So your book even helps in that process of us really looking at that. Okay, yeah, we laugh about getting beat with iron and cords and smacked with shoes. And, but when are we going to stop doing that? And do we understand? I like how you even broke down what that does to the brain, getting beaten yeah. like yeah. that, what it literally does to a child's brain. Yeah, you know, when there's a fine line between laughing and crying. Mm. Real Okay, it's a fine line. And all that laughing, you wasn't laughing when it was happening. No, you just were right. not. You no, were no. either hating your parents or nobody, y'all stop lying. You were not going, oh, this is great. Oh, yeah, this is teaching me something. Nah, you were getting hit. You generally do not trust people that hit you. Yeah. Ask any woman that's been beat by a husband or boyfriend or whatever. But when you look up domestic violence in the dictionary, it doesn't say the violence between a man and a woman or a husband wife. It says violence in the home. Yes. So you hitting those kids, you know, you are participating in domestic violence as well. And so, you know, this topic of, because hitting a child is violating a body. You're mm-hmm. violating someone's body. So it, mir- it, it mirrors and it parallels molestation and I do have a mm. book up my sleeve to deal with molestation because it's a topic we will not touch but I almost don't know a black woman that has not been molested I might know five mm. out of hundreds and so we're going to have to confront that and look at the why and look at the how we ended up uh, overcoming what that created in us, but it made some of us more promiscuous 
it made some of us afraid of men or women. We it it, it created uh, silencing in the family. I've seen parents who wanted to whistleblow on it be put on medication to the yeah. family was able to convince the courts that that person was crazy. It, yo. So anyway, I'm gonna. That's a book I have in me that needs to be done, um, mm-hmm. so that we can heal from that process and really look at the handling of that and and um, to stop it, thwart its growth, and um, no more permission for that to happen in the family because we like to do a hush hush about that or some dirty laundry though. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna approach that. I'm gonna do it. But yeah, so mm-hmm. there's there's just so many stories to be told in our community, and they're not all, like, about abuse and whatever. We do have stories of triumph. Yeah. Yeah. Any any story that's worth a story, it always has something bad that happens and then something that you overcome, even in the movies, whatever it is, you know. And so our ability to tell stories, um, to hear a person say, I'm a writer, I'm an author, I myself had to get used to that, had to get used to, oh, you're an author? Oh, you're an author? And it does something to people. Like, yeah. it makes you, like, extremely credible. And yeah. And it's like, what, well, you're an author? So my thing is, good, let's tell stories. You know, there are things we do just as humans, drink water, whatever. We can write books like water, let's go. Everybody can have a book about themselves or a mm-hmm. book about their experience. And it become a thing where they become an expert in that particular area. Maybe they did do flips in front of their building without having any gymnastic training, but then they got noticed, and then they became a gymnast, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever you want. It's just a matter of you feeling like your story is worth telling, you know, and it's a lot of people. They say, I've had a book in me for X amount of time, but I never knew how to do it. Well, those days are over. If you get to me, I'm going to show you how to do it. So that's just something I like to do. I like to help people get from idea stage but to an actual physical book. But it's going to be work. Don't play with me. You're not going to come in here and just like, all right, but can take up my time telling me your story. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to put the story in a book form. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So we're going to uh, get it out there and really make this a big thing. You know, this is a movement. You, you connect with the Soulful Chicago Book Fair if you want to develop as an artist, if you want mm-hmm. to have a variety of experiences, you want to go in the metaverse. We had our book fair. They had the public library downtown. Mm. Our Washington Library had us recreate yeah. the book fair inside the yeah. library. Like, that's huge. You know, yeah. even um, the late Eugenie Perkins, he was like, I've yeah. never used a playwright. Yeah. wrote that poem, um, Hey Black Child. Yeah. But he was like, I've never seen this before. I've never seen the library embrace local black writers before, you know. And so my thing is, okay, how can I continue to do that? How can I get this whole thing on mobile level? And people just know it feels good to be connected to the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. Some Mm -hmm. people have been here since the beginning. you got, like, authors like Anita Mawali. She's been here from the beginning. Tony Lindsay, Mm. been here from the beginning. He's a fiction writer. She's a fiction writer. Donna Beasley, been here since the beginning when I had it as an idea. She's a children's writer. So just so many artists that are, like, in the mix. Rebecca Cole, she's a fiction writer. She's been here from the beginning. 
there's just a lot of people who I, I, I applaud them and I feel I'm grateful that they see value in the book fair and being a part of what we're doing. Because if you down with me, you, you up with me, I'm going to make sure you get out there. I'm going to make sure the world knows who you are. Because that's the whole point. You know, we have a move. This is a movement. Mm-hmm. And it's a movement to celebrate and validate black writing. Yes. Yes, yeah. it's a movement. Well, we got to take our last break. We've got some callers on the line that want to speak, so we're going to be right back. And Kareem, uh, let us know if you got some callers on your switchboard as well. I sure will. All right. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, you can give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1. That lets us know you've got something to say. And if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, The Female Solution, just Write in your comments. We'll share them with our listening and viewing audience. And we will be right back after this brief message. And, of course, we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. As always, we value you for your contributions to this conversation because your thoughts matter, too. We'll be right back, so stay with us. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. 
So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. or listening, you know that the Soulful Chicago Holiday Book Fair is here. It will be live on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show on uh, Saturday, December 16th. As we move around with Deborah, of course, you know, we'll be here hosting along with our students at Betty Shabazz International Charter School, our podcast students talking to some fabulous authors at the Soulful Chicago Book Fair, and we're looking forward to this experience because everybody has a story to tell, and when you hear it, it enhances your life. And something about a book, it makes you immortal because no matter when you transition out of this physical life, that book stays here and continues to influence lives on into eternity. So if you want to be immortalized in your lifetime, put your story in a book. Nice. I like that. You know, one of the things I love about the book fair, um, <clears throat> it says a lot when people come back yeah. to become authors. And um, it says a lot about what they feel about what they're doing. But then, my gosh, I can't believe all the new authors that come to the table. It's like I thought I knew them all. Yeah, well, and they, they're more of the year. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it's just amazing. And so, um, and that's in all genres, you know, new children's writers, new fiction writers, new mm-hmm. um, non-fiction writers. And, and I'm going to tell you all, today is the last day to register. Um, if you already registered, hey, like we closing out everything today. You better get, in, get in there. Together. You're an author. Last yes, chance. Go to and go to author submission. Today, the last day, I'm telling you. All and right. So, um, you, still, you do still have an opportunity to be a part. Um, we don't have many tables left, but I would rush to do that. Um, first come, first serve. All right. And, Man, it's just been it's it's powerful to me because I keep meeting people who have started this journey of you know putting out a book and having people support. Yo, you need the the people coming to this this not this weekend but next weekend is really to be about see for yourself, yo. See the energy for yourself. Yeah. See all of the the when you walk in and you just see us on the front of those books. For children and for, yeah, it's, it's know, very empowering. It's very, it's empowering. very empowering. Yeah. Absolutely. So come see for yourself, and um, you know, take a take a, a, a ride with us. Absolutely. You know, because I'm in this for the long haul. All right now, <laughs> and make it big all day long. That's right. right. 
We've got some callers, and we're going to open your mic, uh, 773-436. Your mic is open. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment for our guest, Asada. Well, how are you? Greetings, Global Transformers. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yes, this is uh, um, uh, uh, Grand Rising to you all. Now, I'm loving this uh, conversation. But Asada, you know how I feel about that K word. A kid is an animal beast with four legs. A child is a human being person with two legs. I encourage everybody to kick that K where it happens. But um, um, I yes. Okay, I'm the ninth child. Uh, and youngest out of 10 children and the only one to finish high school in my family. My father wrote his name with an X, and my mother said she was a fifth-grade scholar. And I won an International Black Writers Award along with Sam Greenlee, the author who who sat by the door in 1974. Um, And I became a writer because I was too proper to talk. Uh, Coming to the North, uh, when I was in the fourth grade, I learned that the word was potato. And I said, pass the potatoes. I didn't say pass the potatoes. I said, pass the potatoes. Girl, who you think you is? You better say tater just like everybody else. So... I learned to write by writing to myself because I was too proper to uh, accept what I was being taught in school and still be accepted at home. So that's how I learned how to write. Wow. Mama D. So now when your book coming out, because I I know – you got to make sure you leave it on this planet before you leave us, because you got—I mean—you got the life story. Well, you know, uh, I did write uh, uh, several little uh, books that I think I'm going to republish re- uh, with Hasada's help. Um, the slave story and skit, in which I explain slavery to preschool age children. Um, I also did a black story told in eight forms. That's what I won the uh, Black Writers Award for. And um, Gwendolyn Brooks told me, she said, you know, there's a lot of life in this little book. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I find it it's so interesting how people get involved in things. That's, that's mm-hmm. a story w- w- within itself. Uh, so uh, right now I'm working on the mother of Emmett Till Road uh, that mm-hmm. resurrected the legacy that was buried for 30 years uh, before Rosa Parks came to the street dedication and said, it's what happened to Emmett that gave me the courage to do what I did. Um, and, and the rest is, is, is history. 
Mrs. Mamie Till Mobley mm-hmm. lived right here in the city of Chicago. She was a school teacher, mm-hmm. never a guest at Operation Push, never a NAACP award winner. And uh, mm-hmm. his legacy was buried for 30 years. And when I dared to go out there and, and, and uh, start commemorating August 28th, uh, 1955, out of the nightmare of Teal came the dream, August 28, 1963, of Dr. King. And the vision, August 28, 1818, is when DuSable, Chicago's under-acclaimed founding father, transitioned. So um, uh, when you uh, – uh, I couldn't – it took three and a half years to uh, get the street renamed. I was not going for an honorary street. I was going for a real street. And because mm-hmm. his legacy had been buried, people were really on my back. What you doing that for? Why why, why are you stirring up mm-hmm. all that stuff again? These white folks have been brought that stuff back. And uh, that boy don't de- deserve nothing. That boy didn't do mm-hmm. anything. And it was, you know, you're just driven. And when it comes to the the backlash you were getting on that. Well, you know, Mama D, that that's that's your book. That and, and <clears throat> we're looking forward to you getting with Asada to get that in book form because just that story of how you had to go through that, that's a book in itself. We're gonna take some more callers. Well thank but, you. You know, hey, you know, I know you got a whole lot of books in you. She's she's I mean, she looks like maybe fifty, but she's few decades older, you know, the, the result of, of, of clean living, right, Mama D? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, and I learned that from New Concept Development Center, all about that's being right. a vegetarian. That's right, right there. Yes. Thanks, Mama D. I do want to respond and just say, I will, my book, Beating Black Kids, I will, I'm not really going to change that, but when we stop treating our children like animals, because that's why people don't like that word kids. Mm-hmm. But when we stop treating them like animals, then maybe I'll consider changing it. But for now, we treat them like kids and worse. And so, and maybe that's the statement that needs to go on the book. We treat our children like beasts. So yeah, I'm going to let them do that. I'm going to let so, them do so, that. But <laughs> very clear on what I'm using, but we need to change our behavior. Yeah, so that we, no we definitely like do. That type of behavior. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, Area code 708-724. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your question or comment. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Brian Vickers. How you doing, Naima? Hey, Brian. How are you? Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and like our mother there, um, I'm a bit of a, not just an advocate, but also to uh, I'm a bit of a writer and artist myself. Um and uh matter of fact, I've been working on a book for quite some time, and I had to kind of shut down production of it because of some personal issues. But I'm hoping in 2024 I will be able to roar and be able to get back to it and hopefully complete it. In 2024, so. you'll be able to roar. I, I like that 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 thought. So what what was well when you had to shut down? Um, It, was that like a, a writer's block, you know, some personal issues that, that changed your energy or, you know, do you need well, yeah, like, re-motivation? Uh, personal, personal issues, personal and even health 
some uh, some health issues, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to push past that now to be able to get back on, you know, to be able to get back to work full force. Mm. So well, we're looking forward to that. Well, thank you. And uh, and, uh, and 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 also to um, something I do want to talk about that I've and I talked to uh, talked it also, also talked it over with another colleague of mine treating children like animals. And Morgan Freeman even said in the movie Lean on Me, if you treat Lean on Me, if you treat them like animals, that's exactly how they'll behave. Mm. And 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 and, um, and and like for example, uh, another way of uh, animalistic treatment uh, as far as I'm concerned is special education. Because mm. that in a lot of ways is proven to be a pipeline to prison. It's also been proven to be what you would call warehousing. Mhm. Yeah, that is true. So there's a whole lot in our education system that needs to change. And, you know, this is why I'm so glad that Asada is having the book fair at the Betty Shabazz International Charter School, and that's at 7823 South Ellis. And that's one of the things I was, I was saying during our 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 uh, graduation ceremony with the podcast students there last Friday is that this is something I want the rest of the nation to see, this school atmosphere. It's a family, community, cultural kind of atmosphere that's nurturing, and you don't see that in the public schools. You don't feel that energy of love in the public schools. The way we treat our children, trying to force them, first of all, to learn irrelevant information, and then second of all, shaming them when they don't know something, and and then the fear, the, the bullying that goes on, and, and the adults act like, well, that's not my business, you know, handle it yourself. So, you know, just the whole lack of care and the the harsh way our children are spoken to, you know, you treat them like animals, well, what do you expect? So I, I really want the world to see how this institution has shaped the minds of young people so that they have a confidence in themselves that comes from being nurtured rather than treated like beasts. So I think it's going to be a great experience for the authors to be there, for the the, the families that come to be there, for uh, the people who come to buy the books to be there, and to really change how we're treating each other. And that's how we change the world. So thank you so much, Brian, for the work that you do. He does a lot of work with the wrongfully incarcerated, and uh, that is life-changing as well. So we're looking forward to that book coming out. So keep, keep on working on it. You know, go, oh, yeah, go to Asada's website and, uh, you know, sign up to be an author. Miami, we have a, a caller here. Okay, we'll go to your switchboard. Thank you so much, Brian. We'll go to your switchboard, and then we'll come back to 773-977 after that. So hold on. Uh, go right ahead. Open the mic for your caller. Okay, area 312-882. Please state your name and where you're calling from, please. We're on Yashalom. Uh, who are we don't die? We multiply. Black is beautiful and black power. And as-salamu alaykum. Minister Plum, Robert. Robert Floyd Plump, one of the men on a mission like uh, uh, Imam uh, Kareem. And I am thankful that 
I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. And I came to right with uh, Mama D in reality of uh, kick the K word. Mama D put that seed in me. Kick the K word is stop beast branding our children. And I know that I know, as Les Brown say, I got a book in me today. (laughs) (laughs) We waiting for your book too, Minister Plump. You know, hey, get 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 with a silent, get ready to start writing and, and speak it into a, a recorder or whatever, because we we need your story. We've heard some bits and pieces yeah. of it, but we definitely want to make sure we hear from you. We got a couple of other callers we want to get to before uh, before we go. I just want to say I, I I went with to the funeral for Emmett Hill, and also yeah. I was with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on August the twenty eighth of. Uh, 1963, and we have celebrated Mama D's birthday uh, many Mm -hmm. times, you know, on August the 28th. So all of that is going to be included in my work with Plump Music Production. All right. We're looking forward to it. We love and doing that. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. That's right. There you go. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Area code 773-977. And, uh, oh, and before you speak, we want to share a, a comment from Zelda, our Monday morning mindfulness host. She says, Grand Rising Literary Giants, thanks for the reminder to the culture. Teach my sisters. And she says, HLN TV show podcast training at Betty Shabazz International Charter School students behave differently. Praise DSCIC. Yes, the Betty Shabbat International Charter School is phenomenal. But it shows what our children have inside of them when we stop treating them like beasts. You're absolutely right. Yes. So, area code 773-977. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your thoughts. Well, good morning to all. Glory be to God. We are talking about something that's uh, allowing people to um, take their thoughts, their problems, and, and put it into book form. And I, I think that we have more problems to worry about than whether we're talking about a kid or what have you. We're talking about the, I'm talking about the fact that most of our children cannot read, write, com- make a complete sentence, and in, 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 in turn, uh, they're placed in, incarceration whereby they've never been given a test to academic test to see if they did have a problem, if they could read, write, or count. They don't know. All they know in the prisons, in the hospitals, they know about money. They know how to make that money. That's my, you know, we have to know that read, write, and counting is if you can't form a complete sentence and you think you're going to write a book, or you're going to read a book? You you might act like you're reading it, but you won't understand what you're reading. So, you know, a skit or a play or something that they can see and what have you. So the prisons, if they test everyone in the jails to date academically, then maybe a psychological evaluation. But the uh, prosecutors are not going to request that. The families don't know how to do it. So that's my thought for today. Everyone continue writing those thoughts because it's therapy. Once you get it out and you get it on paper, 
you know, it, it gives you a relief that, you know, God wants you to have. So God bless you all. Keep on writing and keep on doing what you're doing. But at least if you've been doing it for 5, 10, 15 years and you haven't accomplished anything, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, talking, 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 and, and no action. So that's my comment for today. Love you all. This is Lois in Chicago. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lois. We always appreciate you. You know, there there is a... Uh, you know, my name? Yes. You, you know, it is very important how we address our children. Uh, words, words are very powerful. Words make people. Yes. Uh, when our children hear us refer to them in a negative way, I'll get your black nappy head stuff over there and sit down. Uh, that's fond in us to get our hair conked, to buy, to purchase bleaching creams and all of that. Mm. So if we can elevate, elevate our language in identifying and communicating with our precious possession, our children, words are very powerful. Thank yes, you. they are. And I think I'm probably going to look uh, to talk to, because I know you've probably got some authors there that address some of those issues in terms of positive self-identity in our children or, you know, some of the, the issues of colorism that we have in our culture because of the enslavement experience. And But then also, like you said, some stories of triumph. You know, what have you overcome? Because I think every book is a story of triumph, of what you have overcome. And definitely words have power. So what we say to our children can either inspire them to uh, strive to be their best or it can crush them. Now, unfortunately, a lot of us came through the parenting style where our parents believed that if they put us down, that would strengthen us and make us strive harder. And so that parenting style was passed down through generations it doesn't work. And uh, what was Lord saying, doing the same thing the same way, expecting different results. If you keep putting people down, what they develop is a, is a self-esteem problem. And it might manifest in different ways, but it really is low self-esteem, which is why they it may become uh, bullies or mean-spirited to other people because they feel badly about themselves. So we want to use encouraging language and uh, validating language to our children so that they do feel good about themselves. Now, something that, that, that Lois mentioned, and Asada, maybe you can address this, because we found out uh, recently, I didn't know, that they stopped teaching cursive. I don't know if the thought is, well, we don't really need it anymore, or it's old, you know, you know, it's like old English, you know, you don't use it anymore. I don't know. I just thought, okay, well, if you can't learn cursive, you can't have a signature so how are you going to sign your driver's license and stuff and, and your your you know your right. yeah so, so I you know what, what is that yeah i need us to come to the 23rd century because signatures today are given by a fingerprint mm. you can't forge that baby yeah because they you gotta they either doing a retina scan of your eye or a fingerprint so that's like telling me to play a phonograph to play some music. Stop it and come to the 22nd century. I went to Catholic school. I learned cursive. Yes, I did. And we write in cursive because that's what we were taught. But my daughter's generation wasn't. They're not taught cursive. 
But I know when you got to open up that phone, you'll put that fingerprint on there, and it reads your fingerprint. So the way to secure and to identify a person is not necessarily the same. We all know that signatures can be forged and blah, blah, blah. But things are changing, guys. Even the money is changing. That mm-hmm. paper dollar you use is no longer. They stopped producing paper money April 1st of 2023. Wow. We have changed over to the quantum financial system, and it will all be digital, and it will all be controlled. So stop it. All them coins and dollars and don't exist no more. They're going to wean it out. You go to the stores now, and they tell you, we don't accept 20, we don't accept change, all that. That's because the time has changed. So it's different. It, it's, we find that valuable. Like, like you said, how are we going to do a signature? By your, fin- by your fingerprint? <laughs> <laughs> Which, as you say, uh, as of now, no one has figured out how to forge that. Hey, so I'm not going to forge no fingerprint. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They are not going to be able to do it, nor a retina scan. So, you know, that, and I think we have to really work on our own promotion of myths. Because this idea that our kids today can't say a sentence, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it for the reason I said earlier. These kids are texting. They are typing. There might be some grammatical errors or some spelling, but you can learn that. You can learn how to formulate that. And they get but they have check. to communicate through text. Like they have, or you wouldn't understand them. Right. But they're being understood because they're writing every day. So this myth that kids today can't write. Yo, I've had people from the prisons promoting my event. Do the mm. writing that they did there. Wrote their book in there. Go read my boy, uh, Make Me Want to Holler. He was a prisoner who wrote a book, and it was the bomb. Mm. Nate, um, Nate, I forgot the last name, but it's called Make Me Want to Holler. I, I remember. I think I might have that for people. Yeah. Clear, that's all clear, and not continue to promote the myth about ourselves, period. You know, Absolutely. let's deal with the truth. That's all. Hey, that's the, there you go. Words of truth. Well, we're about ready to go. We got a little comment here from our third Saturday of the month host, Deborah. Move around, Miss Deborah. She says, Grand Rising All. Thank you, Asada, for allowing Move Around with Deborah to broadcast during the book fair. We're excited. And thanks for the sunrises. You know, if you follow Asada on Facebook, you know, she gives us the morning sunrise uh, image Thank every day. You. Yes. So we're looking forward to that. And we will be there at the Betty Shabazz International Charter School on Saturday, December 16th. That's 7823 South Ellis Avenue. We want you all to be there to experience. We're going to be, for those who may be around the country, around the world, can't physically be there, then join us right here on the Solution Global Radio TV show. You can bring our image up on screen on Facebook or YouTube, and you'll see the whole place. You'll see the authors. You'll hear their words. You'll hear the interviews. And, of course, our own Deborah will be right there live on the scene, and we want you to be there, too. So thank you so much. Can I say one last thing? Yes, If you're not in Chicago, you can still buy their books on our website. com. Go to events and books, and you'll see all the books and their authors, and you can purchase them right there. Don't feel left out. Don't feel left out. 
Thank you for letting me know that. All righty. Let's see. We can pull it up on the screen so people can make sure they shop because we just got through saying, you know, you can you can buy online anytime. Sure. <laughs> All right. So make sure you get some excellent books through the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. Look out for it on Saturday. And until tomorrow, we want you to continue to shine your light. I'm Naima Latif, and thank you to my fabulous co-host, Kareem Hamid, and American Book 360 family. And we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci. Spain, gracias. Italy, gracias. Egypt, shukran. Ghana, medasi. Nigeria, eshe. South Africa, ngiabonga. Senegal, jaret. Kenya, asante. Israel, toda. Pakistan, shukriya. Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing.